Alright guys, well this is going to be our last show for the new year. I'm kind of excited for it. Uh, obviously this is TJ. And this is Amanda. I cannot believe a whole year has gone by like this. Yeah, I mean it, it's hard to believe, especially considering that would make this podcast, what, six months old at this point? Yeah, just about. So we'll be waiting for those birthday presents. Definitely. We'll be sure to put that information up later. So tonight's kind of a special show. I mean, technically all of them should be. But the topic tonight is, it's kind of interesting because it's something I know very little to basically nothing about. And something that Amanda, if she could get a degree in, she would. I mean, that'd be kind of awesome to get a degree in cosplay. But, I mean, that'd be way more expensive than a traditional degree. (laughs) Yeah, like all you art students and you uh, music students, you know all that money you spend on, you know, strings and easels and stuff. Yeah, compared to what this girl's got in her craft closet, you're kind of falling behind. Yeah, need I mention there is now a fabric box. (laughs) So to start off with, Amanda, why don't you explain cosplay a little bit to us? Sure. So cosplay as a word actually means costume roleplay. A lot of people don't really know that. It actually goes back like to the really, really early days of sci-fi. I mean, we're talking like technically 40s, 50s into the 60s. So it's by no means anything new. Now, cosplay as we know it definitely came about with the convention set. So I'm going to go ahead and say those big Star Trek conventions, probably where we have the best idea of what modern cosplay is. And from there, it's kind of broken into two camps. You have in-character cosplays, and you have non-in-character cosplays. In-character cosplays is you are dedicated. You pick up a whole different language. You basically become that person, which is more in tied to the role of being costumed role play. Non-in-character is just as good. Not everyone has time to learn a whole different language for one weekend of jam-packed fun, and I'm totally fine with that. (laughs) So in other words, it's not just a whole bunch of sparkles and glitter. Not at all. It is absolutely a science. It is an art. It is, I mean, it's a lifestyle, and I really, like, I struggled saying that when I first started, because, I mean, I started cosplaying, like, in high school, but it's really you're kind of bored into it and it starts off as just one or two costumes and then you're cosplaying at every major convention you go to. See, I, on the other hand, have never actually done it and I can't say that I actually ever will. But, I mean, I've had the joy of actually getting to see Amanda. Well, I've seen Amanda's timeline of what's going on. I've seen the finished product. I've never actually seen the process, but I have heard it. And let me just say, you sailors out there have nothing compared to what comes out of this woman's mouth. (laughs) I mean, you definitely learn that hot glue hurts, bleach burns your eyes, paint does stain things, and you don't know pain until you've sewn your arm to your clothes. (laughs) So... Why don't you give us a little back history on your own personal cosplay experience? Like you, you said yourself, you started back in high school, but obviously you don't get to being a you don't get to being a panelist at, an, at a major convention without some sort of history. Not at all. So technically, this started back in high school. I mean, I got my start like most Texas kids at Acon, represent, and I mean, definitely doing the stuff straight out of packages. I mean, it was very, very kind of underground. But also keep in mind, I mean, this is like mid-late 2000s, so it wasn't a big deal. I kind of stopped after I graduated from high school. You don't really pick it up in college. Just every once in a while, you know, if there was an event or a day, 
And then, right around the time I became anime club president again, which I've been president easily for multiple clubs at least seven years of my life, you know, it came back up. And um, I took another break from it. Just, you know, you don't have the time, the space in the dorm rooms to do it. You just don't. And then, you know, I got my own place. And that's what led us to here. And it's definitely been it's an evolution. It has absolutely been from, you know, being able to take five yards of fabric and make a kimono to where I am now, where it's a lot of modding pieces and more modding as in modification. I'll go ahead and try to glossary out these terms the best I can. But um, to modifying pieces and, you know, just sort of taking the time to be a little bit more aware of my stitches as opposed to, you know, let's take five yards of fabric and make this a dress. It's like, no, let's maybe take two and a half yards and really focus on a belt. Let's really, really take time on working on a wig. It's not, it's definitely, it's evolved for me. So it's been a pretty exciting ride. From the stories I've heard, I mean, I'm kind of jealous that I never got into such things. But at the same time, I have no artistic ability whatsoever. So probably for the best. Yeah, and I don't even consider myself that artistic. It takes like when TJ says, like, I couldn't do what you do. Like, it takes me hearing it to be like, oh, I did something kind of cool. For me, it's just, you know, I kind of describe it as, like, that one part of the Lego movie where Emmett really finalizes that he's a master builder and lets all the pieces come together. That's kind of what cosplay is for me. It's looking at a piece of styrofoam and saying, that's going to be a horn. You know, it's looking at, you know, a bowl and turning that into a hat, which I did. (laughs) And let me just say, this hat is quite fabulous. Yeah, I mean, it's it's looking at a takeout container and thinking, I'm going to cover this in fabric, and it's going to be a great idea. <laughs> I mean, was that a sonic screwdriver I just heard? That was. Sorry about that. I'm glad we're on the same page, and I thought I was starting to hear sonic technology. No, there's a lot going on. <laughs> so, I mean, I have to ask somebody that, I mean, you've got a career. Yes. I had two jobs and barely had time found time to do anything so how do you find the time to do these costumes especially because i know you personally you do what three four cons a year yeah my goal is about three or four um you know it's my biggest thing is i'm a planner i i have to plan i mean any of you that have known me longer than you know just from this podcast or um they're getting to know me i've been working on these costumes for months it has been months and just taking, like, you know, a weekend, a couple weekends, several weekends, late nights. But you find time here or there. I'm definitely no longer the type that can, you know, whip together something a week before con. I'm definitely not there anymore. So I've been work. I mean, and I'm a perfectionist, so I've redone pieces three, four, and five times in the last, really, two months since before, you know, solidifying that I'm going to convention but it's, it's agonizing. It's coming home like, okay, paint's dry, let's do another coat. It's, okay, Saturday, I have some time. Let's, you know, work on some varnish and go to the craft store, get some accessories while, you know, accessories set. You just got to plan. You have to. It's necessary. Actually, now, as I'm talking to you, I'm making the list of things that I have to pack for tomorrow since I'm going to convention. I have to say I'm kind of jealous because I'm going to my first convention in February, but it's nothing as intense as this. <laughs> I mean, you said it yourself. I'm a panelist now, so I'm on the guest book. It's a whole different level of, you know, being there. It's pretty much, I mean, 
it's it's intense when a convention says that they want you a part of their roster i mean you got to take it seriously you have to definitely and we'll totally get on to that later um so you said that you 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 know you started straight out of the package like a lot of people do yeah and i know from personal um just knowing you from personal uh relations that you're more the mod mod type of cosplayer where you take something and turn it into something else yeah no don't get me wrong there's definitely old school cosplayers that hate out of package cosplay i don't if you're starting out or even if you've been in the game for a while i have nothing against an out of package cosplay i just don't have the money to drop on that anymore i have to ask since as far as i know there's three levels of cosplayers there's the well four if you want to count like the professional like this is my career right but, you know, there's out of package, there's mod like you, and then there's uh, the next level, which is people who make everything from scratch. And I've met some of your friends that do that. Like, how do you – does that ever intimidate you that you're on this level and they're on that level? Oh, all the time. Constantly. And I've, you know, and I've said a bazillion times, I have senpais. And, again, to clarify, senpais, you know, like an upper class, and that's someone that you look up to. And my senpais are the type that can – take six yards of fabric and make a dress they're that type they make me want to step up my game i look at them and they make me want to step up i mean i'm not so much intimidated by a yaya han i'm not gonna i'm not there i'm never gonna be there just on body shape alone i'm not there but like the cosplayers i've surrounded myself with absolutely every single day make me want to step up my game and um actually this um this cane for the riddler that i've made is probably one of the most technical builds I've done in a long time. Uh, speaking of Riddler, uh, I know that the cosplay community gets a lot of hell from, I guess, the Westerner community, especially at things like Comic-Con, Fan Day, stuff like that. But I know that you're working on, um, actually, two, if I'm correct, Western character cosplays for an anime convention we'll be at an anime convention all three days in something western so how do you how do you i know like i said you know we were discussing at the end of the day we even posted something on our page about it that you know the western community doesn't really like to see the anime side at their convention and your experience how do you think it like with the roles reversed do you think it's usually the same or you know, I'll go ahead and say this. I think anime fans at anime conventions can be very, very harsh to Western fans. I mean, I'm going to go back to like the old days of Akon and A-Fest. We were not friendly. If you were in Star Trek, if you were in Doctor Who, if you were dressed as any of the Avengers, you were, I mean, if it was like 2006, you'd be, you know, run out with a broom. <laughs> we're just going to go ahead and say that. It's definitely changed a lot. I mean, and like, I've said this a million times, if I ever like had a TARDIS... And, like, could go back in time and, like, go to 15-year-old Amanda, you know, her sailor uniform. And, like, one day you're going to dress up as the Riddler at an anime convention. Well, 15-year-old Amanda would cry and then punch me and then probably yell something expletive in Japanese. Because that would never happen. But the world has definitely changed. Conventions have definitely changed. And as they get more mainstream, the fan world is kind of becoming a little bit less segregated. Thank God, because it was awful being a Whovian and an otaku. It was rough. So it's nice to not have to segregate those parts of me. While I'm absolutely an otaku, 
I'm still a Western fangirl as well. I do like, you know, the Riddler as a villain. I love Batman. I love the Avengers. I love all of that stuff. So it's nice not to have to separate that part of me. Now, in your professional opinion, and we can actually say professional now, um, do you think that the community is actually evolving and growing, or do you think they're just becoming more tolerant? I think it's a tolerance issue. I definitely don't want to say that it's growing yet. There's still a lot of issues in the um, in the cosplay world that um, we don't like talking about. And um, the biggest one is um, cosplay is not consent. <laughs> um, guys, we're people. I know that's really, really hard to remember, but that's not an excuse for lewd behavior. Just chill out. We are people. Even if we're in costume, we're human beings. Just keep that in mind tangent but you know there's still a lot of things that the community has to work itself around it's it's a tolerance we're getting there there's a lot that has to go on next there's next steps but it's definitely come a long way which i mean like i said i don't have the experience that you have but i know that when i was at i'm probably gonna butcher the name but kayede con kayede yeah yes i got it right um i know that there wasn't a lot of westernized things going on. And I understand it was a much smaller con, so that I know there was a lot more glass to step on. Mm-hmm. But I remember, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I got a really nice te- original Teen Wolf print from one of the artists there. And I know for me, you know, that was kind of like, wait, hold up. This is this has nothing to do with anime. This has nothing to do with Japanese culture. Like, why is this here? I mean, I'm going to take it, but... Right. Well, and Kaede is an interesting example because they're, just, they're literally an artist gallery. So they're there for any artist... It doesn't quite moniker itself as an anime convention yet. We're getting there. I mean, that's my homeschool, so I can say that. But like, Akon or A-Fest, those are anime conventions that you happen to see Western stuff at. Contrastingly, like Dallas Fan Days and Comic-Con are comic conventions that you happen to see anime stuff at. It goes back to the literal word of anime and manga. In Japan, anime just means something animated. So it's not uncommon to go to Japan and ask what's your favorite anime and the answer be Family Guy. It literally just means something animated. It's only different over here. Manga is the same. Manga just means a comic book. So it's only different designated as something Japanese here. So at its core, there's no reason for the segregation. So do you think... Uh... Especially with the higher-up conventions like IkiCon, A-Fest, and Akon, do you think it's more of us taking the the culture of over there and deciding that we need to segregate it? Or, like, what is your opinion on that? You know, I honestly think it was just... I think it's just the two different fan communities not always being able to reconcile. Because there's plenty of people that, you know like Sailor Moon, but don't really associate that as an anime and don't associate, you know, with the fan community. There's plenty of people that like Batman, but have never read another comic. It's when you get diehard fans that, you know, are really, really into it on both ends. That's where you start getting kind of some of the zeal and the zealots. And they're the ones that really think, you know, no, this is just dedicated to one or the other. And it started off good. I mean, it started off with the best intentions. I mean, you think about it, Akon's been running for like 20 years. I mean, we're the oldest convention in the South now. And to think about it, it started off at a time where it was unheard of that that many anime fans could get together. 
I mean, and we're topping out, Akon's topping out easily 10,000 first day. Easily 10,000 people first day. So it was unheard of back 20 years ago that that many fans could get together and just be fans. So, yeah, it was definitely more focused on anime back then because it had to be. There wasn't even 10,000 anime fans in Texas back then. (laughs) (laughs) You've got a point there. (laughs) So, And Texas is an interesting case because we're pretty late to the fan community thing. We've always had it, but we didn't exactly have gleaming examples of what the fan community meant, you know? True. I mean, I can understand that. I mean... In all honesty, that whole world to me, I've known you for 11 years now, and it's still a mystery to me. I mean, I happened to be in San Antonio when San Japan was going on, and I was just kind of like, whoa, this is kind of something. Yeah, and I'm just sitting there picking out costumes like, they look good, they look good, them not so much. (laughs) Speaking of something like that, um, what is your opinion towards the, you know someone who's actually cosplaying versus say just somebody who's dressed up as a Mortal Kombat character who says they're a cosplay you know I'm kind of at the point now that as long as you're in costume and you're having fun it's all good you know if you're having a good time that's what matters and cosplay became a very very ugly word it became a word that basically was like the pinnacle of fans hating on fans and that's really really it took us a long time to get back from that. So if you're having a good time, that's all that matters to me. Because I'm having a good time. I'm having a great time. If I'm in costume and I'm out with friends, whether I'm in character or I'm out of character, I'm having a damn good time. <laughs> so this is going to be your first big convention that you're going to be paneling at. Because I had, you know, golly, a year ago, actually, a year and a month ago, I got the great joy of getting to sit down and watching when your cosplay is at K80Con. <laughs> Second big convention, actually. I did Iki a few years ago. So this is me returning to IkiCon. So this is the second time I've been paneling for them. Um, you know, I love paneling. I love it. It is such a great way to, you know, just share passion in a, like a non-sexual, non-creepy way. <laughs> Disclaimer really quickly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I get that share passion sounds weird. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I totally get it, and I'm sure most of our listeners do. Um, but how 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 does it differ from doing such a small little con such as Kaede versus... Because I know you're trying... You submitted an application for Acon this year. I did, and um, I should get in, but I think we're getting formal letters in a couple months. So, knock on wood, I hope I get it. Um, here's hoping because I'm taking one of those guest passes (laughs) you know how's it different Um, you know it's really not because all that matters in that panel room is that I put on the best show for the people watching and if that's 10 people if that's 100 people all that matters is is that you know you leave with some as long as you take something away and I say that because I don't expect everyone to always agree with me. I love discussion. I love the back and forth. If I if you if I say something you don't agree with, say something cuz I love it. But I want anyone who watches any of my panels to take something away. Even if that takeaway was that little girl up on stage is crazy. But I want you to take away something. And even if it just makes you go back like, you know what? I don't agree with that. But I'm going to try and look for it and maybe I can understand where she's coming from or maybe not. 
just as long as you take something away from it. And that gives me the greatest joy when I'm on that stage. So we've already discussed issues with, each, like, you know, Western and Eastern conventions having issues with one another. Yep. But I remember at KADCon, I had the, like I said, I had the chance to sit into one of your panels, and you did a murder mystery panel. Mm-hmm. And I think the most fascinating thing about it, and I feel like I was the only one in the room that understood it, was everything that you were referring to was issues within the community itself, how cosplayers treat themselves. Yes. With body image and skill level and things like that. Like, what do you, I mean, in a non-murder mystery way, what do you have to say about stuff like that? You know, I think one of the biggest issues that cosplayers have is with each other. And we can be the most backbitey, cruel people in the entire world. And that's no diss, because I'm in the community. So that's not even, like, me trying to be mean. Just, I have seen people rip a cosplay apart, like, over dumb stuff. Like... Oh, well, you didn't put the accent over this proper character, or you dropped character voice, or that's not something that he or she would say, or that's the wrong color pant. It's like, oh my gosh, calm down. Honey, this is not RuPaul's Drag Race. You could have a man's voice. And moreover, we're all just geeks in costume. And it took me, trust me, it took me years to be able to say that. But I had to stop taking myself so seriously because cosplay is one of those things. It's, it's really, it's like modeling. You know, you get into it, you starve yourself, you are constantly worried about what you look like, your face. It's, it's brutal. But you have to finally look at yourself and be like, I am a nerd in a costume. Now I can be a cute nerd in a costume or I can be a jacked up nerd in a costume. But at the end of the day, I'm a nerd in a costume. And that's just, that's just gospel. But cosplayers can be brutal. So, I mean, that's one of the biggest messages I can teach nowadays from being one of the mean girls of cosplay. Because I'll say it, 2006 to probably, like, 2009, mean girl of cosplay. I'll say it, and I'm sorry for it. But mean girl, like, oh my gosh, look at the way that skirt pleats. You can tell she bought it. And I'm sad saying that, but we all were. Everyone goes through their mean girl of cosplay phase. You know, like, if you ever watch, like, Heroes of Cosplay, one of the big reasons why I can't watch it is because it's nerds tearing nerds down. It's Yaya Han, who gets paid way too much money to do this, ragging on the girl who's been, you know, using foam board for, like, ten hours to make anything look good. It's just not fair. <laughs> I guess we shouldn't mention that CL cosplayer and their converse. That was just a personal thing. <laughs> so what I'm basically getting from this is, I mean, I know you guys get enough crap from the non-cosplay community. Yes. But you told me horror stories from A-Fest. Whew. Like, people, literally a girl in a corset and dress having to stop traffic. Yes. 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 Um... Man, there are stories from, like, every convention. Like, I mean, con life is rough. Like, the story of um, AFS was actually, um, a girl had gotten hit by a car earlier. Yes, a person was hit by a car. <laughs> and, um, we were all huddled across the street, like, in this mad dash because someone pulled the fire alarm. Fun fact, if you're ever at a convention, someone's gonna pull the fire alarm. But no one's chill about it. We actually had a girl 
in a freaking corset, beautiful corset, get in the middle of the road, stop traffic, and keep people from getting hit again because it was crazy out there. Convention life will kill you, just blatantly. There has been horror stories far worse than that of like people blatantly getting assaulted, like all different kinds of awful stuff. I mean, and not even just from non-cosplayers, but just from the city itself. I mean, certain cities don't do cosplay well. <laughs> just certain cities just do not take it well at all. <laughs> so in other words, what Amanda is saying, it goes back to her whole thing of underneath the costume, they are still people. They are still humans. Yeah. <laughs> and that's hard to believe. Trust me. I mean, you know, the whole point of cosplay is to become someone else. I mean, there's no one in a costume that is trying to be them unless you're an OC original character. But we're still people at the end of the day. If you say something crazy to us, we're going to talk about it all day long. Just going ahead and saying that. If anyone comes at me sideways, I will talk about you all day long. You know, if someone has, you know, a really, really inappropriate, you know, something happened to them, it's going to be talked about. It's, you know, age of the internet, they get shamed pretty fast. (laughs) And guys, take it from me, somebody who is on the outside looking in, despite the fact that I have sat down at a table with Amanda, Tony Stark, France, Sebastian, and Edward Elric, they are still people underneath. Yeah. At the same time, let me reiterate that. They've all been there at the same time. Oh god, that was a hell of a night. But, hey, moonshine's a hell of a drink. Always. But as someone who's not part of this community, I can agree with it, you know... There's certain things that just aren't allowed, and you got to realize that they still have basic human rights underneath. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy that in 2014 we still have to talk about that, but it's, I mean, it's mandatory. I'll keep preaching it until I'm no longer able, or until the community changes, but cosplay is not consent, guys. That, that does not give you carte blanche. I'm sorry. For anyone, because girls are just as bad as guys are. If anything, girls are a little bit worse. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's it's not carte blanche, just do whatever you feel like. We're still people. So shifting into our happier subject. Much happier. So say, you know, we, you our little show has inspired somebody to maybe hit up Akon or A-Fest, maybe say in Japan next year. Totally. From both perspectives, especially considering I will be going to... Uh, comic-con in february and hopefully Acon with you hopefully for both for both the non-cosplayer and the cosplayer what would you say should be in your little survival kit to survive the weekend oh it's the same for both have a first aid kit for sure because you never know um have something that will entertain you because lines are crazy um if you are a cosplayer go ahead and have everything you need to fix your outfit so like i have an emergency bag inside of what is known as the mystical magical panda bag of wonder so inside of the mystical magical panda bag of wonder there is usually a cosplayer emergency kit that has needles in it that has fabric glue in it that has bias tape it has safety pins it has super glue it has wood glue it has files it has scissors it has all the things i need that in case i trip and my costume disintegrates that i can fix it also keep in mind that she can use all these items to cut you if you come at her sideways. Well, we don't talk about that. Weapons policy is very, very strict. I usually have to use the little itty-bitty scissors. Like, <laughs> like think of Grell's tiny scissors. I usually have to use those. 
Weapons policy. Don't mess with it. Um, I usually have like measuring tape, standard tape. That's just in case something happens, I can fix it. Um, also cosplay hospitals are great. You know, if you have like a little tear and you're not as confident as a sewer or the sewer in your party isn't there, you know, they can help you. Um, always keep some kind of food and or water on you. Again, lines are a bitch. (laughs) And convention food is notoriously expensive. Have a camera or some kind of camera-like device. You're going to take a lot of photos. Um, Cosplayers, keep a pair of extra clothes because as much as I love being in character, there is nothing more awkward than, like, being in Walmart. (laughs) And, like, yes, I know I'm dressed strange. I really just wanted Neosporin. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what... It's like, what, what are you doing here? Uh, buying milk, like everyone else, you know? <laughs> Always have civilian clothes. I mean, and don't get me wrong, I'm out now. I mean, I've gone to the store in costume. I don't care, you know, for the one guy that recognizes you, you just made their day. But if you're not quite there, or your costume is bulky or crazy, have extra clothes. And for the love of God, have extra shoes. I mean, I cosplay in comfy shoes now. Nice comfy shoes, but comfy shoes. But I'm not... I'm not afraid to take out a pair of, you know, sneakers or keds and be like, my feet hurt. I hate this. And be done. Um, that's pretty much about standard. I'd usually pack pretty light because you're going to be doing a lot of walking. I mean, you're going to be on your feet all day, cosplay or not. Um, but just be ready. I mean, if you're cosplaying as anything at any skill level understand that you are going to be stopped every couple steps to have photos taken or to take photos with someone. I mean, when I was at A-Fest, even though I was in costume, most of my time in costume was spent with me taking pictures of other people. (laughs) Better cosplayers than me. (laughs) I think that covers just about everything. So in other words, treat it like Final Fantasy. Everybody's got their job class and just in case have backup. Pretty much. I mean, know your role. Know what you're doing there, know what everyone else is doing there, and enjoy yourself. Well, you got me excited to go to my first convention. Yeah, I mean, I hate making it sound like it's that negative, but really, we've come a really, really long way, and conventions are great. I wouldn't still be going if they were god-awful. Well, do you have any final words that you want to say or wisdom to pass down to possible future cosplayers? You know what? I'd always say this. Start small. Don't ever think that a costume isn't ambitious enough. You never know, and you can always get better. You know, you don't have to start, you know, I'm going to be Sephiroth and I'm going to make my armor from scratch. It's okay. Start small. It took me a long time to get to where I am, and I don't even think I'm that good. I have to hear it from a bunch of people. (laughs) She is one cute uh, female Matt Smith, though. I appreciate it. But, you know, start small... Always know that you can get better. Um, it's at, you know, I'll add this. It's as expensive as you make it. Um, cosplay kind of gets a bad rep of being a really, really expensive thing. I'd be lying if I didn't say it was an expense. But it should never come down to rent or cosplay. It should never come down to food or cosplay. <laughs> you know, if you can't afford it, that's okay. Start small. Thrift stores are awesome. <laughs> You know, but if you have the money and you have the time, you can afford to do a little bit more. 
Well, I mean, I think that basically covers it. I mean, as a non-cosplayer, I've learned quite a bit. I'm sure our listeners will as well. I certainly hope so. So if you guys are actually at IkiCon, which runs from January 2nd to the 4th, I'll be putting on a character development cost, um, can, um, panel opening freaking day. Like, that was a huge honor. I'm actually paneling on opening day of convention. And I actually have my lineup for all three days. I'll be um, a Femme Riddler first day. I'll be doing Femme Castile from Supernatural day two. And then I'm doing a Princess Unikitty day three. So if you happen to see me or you're at my panel, you know, come up and say hi. In character or not, I'm actually pretty friendly for all three of these characters. So you're more than welcome to come up to me and talk to me. I really, very, very sociable at convention. I mean, you can't panel and be antisocial. Well, you could try, but... It's not going to do very well. And I mean, I'm going to be the most out-of-character Castile ever. Just going ahead and saying that. If y'all... I want a listener to find her and every t- and correct her every single time. And I want to see tweets of, Oh, I just saw Castile snip back at Crowley. Ah! Uh, okay. Let's make it a game. Challenge accepted. If any of you guys find me as Cass and you catch me out of character, document it, tag me, and shame me all over the internet. I will take it. That means I will be playing just dance, I will be flirting with people, and I'll be having a damn good time until I am caught. And we may have to come up with with a prize for this if somebody can find the most. Sure, we'll set a small prize. If you find me out of character the most times, tagged and marked... Because, come on guys, it's the internet. You should be able to tag me pretty effectively. We might be able to come up with a tiny little prize, considering that you have to catch me first. She's kind of like Barney Stinson. She can't take a bad picture, but in this case, you you take a picture and all of a sudden she's in character. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I will be carrying around vials of salt and holy water, which I may or may not be giving away. See, there's some incentive right there. Yeah, I might be giving away things. I mean, how else are you going to fight demons? Well, it sounds like a lot of fun. I'm kind of jealous I can't be there, but unfortunately with work and birthday, I can't. I know, and truthfully, I put in this application forever ago, and I was really, really surprised to find out in, you know, November that I'm going in January. Well, just so y'all know, this will be our last show of the year. Obviously, with help, with Amanda's uh, convention and my birthday coming up, we won't have time to do a show next week. But I believe we're going to go towards doing timey-wimey time for our first one. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of a better way to start off the new year than Doctor Who. Considering I'll be caught up by, probably by the time that she gets back. So, definitely, and if y'all missed <laughs> uh, if y'all missed it last time, we did post up our Facebook page. Uh-huh. Um, so go ahead and hit us up on there. We'll, we'll definitely be looking for some uh, ideas for upcoming shows. We've got a couple. Um, it's just working out schedule times right now. Totally. And I'll probably go ahead and post a convention schedule as well as I start getting confirmations on things that I'm going to. Like, if you're in San Antonio, I'm probably going to do MizumiCon at Our Lady of the Lake. And um, hopefully I get to do AACON. And I'll probably do IkiCon again going into next year. I just love them as a convention. I'm sorry. They're great. <laughs> and I'm kind of excited to to be go to my first ones. We may have to, like, make buttons or something to wear on our bags and have people, like, send pictures of them to us and be like, oh, look, we saw y'all. Totally. I mean, we're both social, so feel free to tweet at us, tag us, ask us where we're going, even if it's on the Facebook page. But um, 
we'll probably be kind of posting in our absence, you know, as we do holidays and travel, you know, where we are and what we're doing, because just because the show's not running doesn't mean the nerd stuff ever stops. Exactly. It's kind of constant with us. I mean, my apartment is pretty much covered in spray paint. (laughs) Well, before we end up ranting for too long, this is Taylor. And Amanda, Happy New Year, guys! Definitely, and have a safe one, and we look look forward to seeing you in uh, 2015. Laters. Bye.